Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Follow your dreams. It's what they tell you as soon as you learn to dance or play guitar. What they don't tell you is prepare for building maintenance and customer service. For entrepreneurs of any stripe, reality is coming and it's a cold drink of water. It takes a lot of work and unglamorous work at that once you get to the promised land. And really, savvy operators can turn that insight into another opportunity. That's what Tim Benson did after following his dream of working in the music business. Tim is the owner and founder of the Music Academy of Acadiana, located right here in Lafayette. And he started the academy after his band broke up, and he spent a few years teaching lessons privately. I can relate to that. One thing he figured out about running a music school, a lot of them have pretty crummy customer service. So Tim hatched a new company in a service called PhoneScore, which provides feedback and reviews of how employees handle telephone interactions. Bad phone etiquette is a weak link in marketing for a lot of businesses, Tim says, and many will spend loads of cash on SEO and advertising only to introduce their brands to customers with a lousy greeting. Oh, and Tim helps with the SEO stuff too. He founded NetScore, a digital marketing service that helps brands with content, digital ad placements, newsletter campaigns, and more. Tim grew up in Karen Crow and is still living the dream as a gigging musician. Tim Benson, welcome to Out to Lunch. What a, um, that's a intro, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. I had to cover all of my your bases. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like Father of Dragons is going to happen next, you know, <laughs> like Game of Thrones, going to Game of Thrones this thing, you, you know. You're young yet, Tim. Uh, Allison Brandon spent years in dance and theater instruction before taking the plunge to follow her dream, which is opening a arts education and performing arts center here in Lafayette called Wonderland Center for the Performing Arts. And the school grew out of small scale production she developed for a um, weekly program for kids. And Wonderland brought that idea to a much bigger stage, quite literally. Wonderland organizes some serious productions and houses a suite of theater and performing art classes, most of it formatted for kids and teens. It hosts private lessons for voice, piano, dance, audition prep, and even some specialty courses like Greek theater, maybe podcast hosting. The community <laughs> around Wonderland has grown considerably since Allison opened her first brick and mortar space in 2017. And today it works with about 120 students and employs a staff of 15, including 12 teachers. Wonderland also houses Allison's other theatrical ventures, the Looking Glass Theater Company and the Mad Thinkers, an interactive theater workshop for kids. Allison Brandon, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, thanks for having me. So Tim, phone score. Yes. I have to say, when I read this, I thought, do people really make phone calls anymore to businesses? So, like, you know, are phone skills and reception services something that companies ought to invest in, are investing in? I mean, is this, like, the market for this growing? I mean, I, I yes. think a lot of us call and we get automated services, right? Right, right, absolutely. To answer your question, absolutely. Um, a lot of hotels invest in this stuff because, yeah. you know, the front desk, a lot of times you don't get a great response from... Um, people looking to you know patronize a certain business yeah and like you said they will spend thousands of dollars on google ads and facebook only to get to a call that a maybe somebody may not answer or they may answer after 10 rings yeah. or they may not even give a great thanks for calling and uh, a, you know greeting you yeah know? so this is a big problem for a lot of businesses and we get hired all over the country yeah how do you actually 
rate this. I don't want to like give up whatever's proprietary here, but I'm just trying to imagine like yeah. the secret guest thing where like I call and I'm like, "Hello, I'm looking for a spark plug." And then this person says what? I mean, like so how do you actually review and provide that it's a feedback? Great question. I get that question a lot. So the business will hire us to go over some of their pain points that they've noticed, right? Yeah. We have a scorecard with about 24 different criteria that our team will listen for. Yeah. And so it, it's not like we call and, hey, they sounded cool, so we're feeling, we're feeling forgiving today. We're going to give them an A. <laughs> no, we actually are, li are listening for certain criteria. Sure. Did they answer the phone within three rings? Did they have a complete greeting? Did they state their name? Yeah. Did they answer the questions we asked? You'd be surprised how some of those basic things always fall through the cracks yeah so we've got actually a regimented scorecard that we use yeah that's interesting yep. allison i think a lot of folks would hear youth theater and maybe their mind goes to like school plays mm -hmm. or even like christian christian youth theater maybe is the other mm -hmm. one that people mm -hmm. think about so, so just talk to us a little bit like what makes wonderland different from that experience yeah so um I think you know if you're if you're in a school play, um, that's awesome. If you're school if you're lucky enough yep. to go to a school that has an arts program, that's amazing. Yep. Um, I think many schools don't have those anymore, or um, perhaps their programming um, maybe isn't full scale. You sure. know, they're working in a cafeteria or yep. you know in a gym or something like that. So um, it, it's different in the aspect of um, from a school play maybe um, having the full scale like lights, microphones, full sets, full costumes, full backdrops, all mm -hmm. those elements that maybe sometimes a school you know they're doing their best. Everybody's yep. doing their best sure. to provide. And then um, as far as Christian youth theater, I, I get asked all the time if we're together, if we're a part <laughs> okay. of one another's organizations and. And um, we do cross paths a lot. Sure. CYT does an amazing job of um, putting on very grand, large scale productions. I yep. mean, they've got the budget to do really amazing sets and, and all of that stuff. Um, I, we're definitely much smaller. Yeah. Um, I don't put more than 40 kids in my shows. So it's still a lot of kids. It's still a lot of kids. Yeah. And usually our shows are about 25 to 30. Yeah. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, our ensemble is playing multiple roles yep. um, if you have a lead role or a secondary role um, typically those are your 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 roles for the show yeah. um, but even sometimes my secondary characters will become something in the ensemble just to give the kids as much stage time as possible wow. I really like to keep them busy yeah. and have let them shine on stage as much as I can so I mean that's interesting I mean like because you've got kind of like what I think often people call like a black box theater right yeah, like yeah, a lot yeah. of infrastructure that's built uh -huh. in it's where you can do the, these different kind of performances and you guys rent that out we so, do yeah. So, I mean, do you have to, like, have skilled, you know, staff who just yes. know how to manage? I mean, people often, <laughs> like, I, you could go to school for theater production, right? Yes. Like, and I'm just talking about the back house mm -hmm. stuff. Like, we turn to talk about costumery mm -hmm. and, like, you, you need a lighting tech. You need an electrician, right? I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things that come with this that are not just sort of the stage side of it. But do you have to keep all that employed to make that work? Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm just very, very, uh, I think, you know, the word is cliche, blessed to have um, people that are just so passionate about theater. We have a really tight knit community and we all just love to do as much theater as possible. So yeah. um, to your question, uh, who, you know, who is my lighting person? Yeah, sure. It's also a 
one of the people that answers the phone during the day. It's Drew Hoffpower. So Drew, Drew wears a lot of hats. We all wear a lot of hats to yeah. make this work happen. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just very lucky to be surrounded by people who enjoy the work that we do and want to do as much as they can to keep it going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of us have specialty skills. Some of my teachers come in once a week and teach a class because they're specialized in that area. Um, we, we cross a lot of different um, platforms of performing arts. So, you know, I have a teacher that teaches guitar a couple of private lessons a week, but we, we don't specialize in just guitar, you know? So it's like finding the right fit for the right student at the right time is the challenge, I think. And, and yes, I mean, it's just a huge operation with doing lessons and classes and shows and all that at the same time. Yeah. I mean, Tim, you, you know, I think the thing that kind of unites everything you do, right? Like whether you were a musician, you start an academy, you for the, like this sort of this idea that musicians kind of inevitably have to hustle, right? You got to do it, yes, you know, to do it. And for so sure. you've got an academy, you're teaching kids the stuff that most people think about, you know, guitar lessons, drum lessons, music lessons, that kind of thing. I mean, but you've got this other side of you, right? Digital right. marketing, which if you're trying to make it in the music industry these days, that's right. a piece of it. it yeah. Do you combine any of that for these kids? I mean, like, are, are there kids who are learning? you know, how to shred, but then also how to like put together a media kit? For sure, yeah. We've actually had quite a few um, of our students come in. We have a recording studio too inside of our um, academy. That's and awesome. then when they get the song recorded, you know, they, they ask Tim, how do we get this on Spotify? How do we promote mm -hmm. it? And I'll give them some good tips on how to create a, you know, a website landing page with yeah. their picture and how to just start promoting on social media and yeah. Um, That's awesome. yeah we've seen a few bands really start to take off from that too wait what are the sort of table stakes for that these days like if i'm a kid i'm, I'm thinking back to say i have a career i had a career in music it went so well that i host a business podcast now <laughs> um that that like you go through it you learn all of these different things right and for me it was like playing guitar in my room and like along to beatles records or something but like the idea that I would need to sort of know how to self-promote beyond like calling a promoter and saying like, can I book at your gig? I mean, what what do the kids have to learn now to even kind of get that first rum? Right. I have to imagine. Is it always changing? Always changing for sure. Although the fundamentals are putting yourself out there. Find if you want to play venues. Okay, let's get the venue list. Yeah. Let's start calling them. Let's start emailing yeah. them. Just the outreach aspect that really hasn't changed yeah the tools may have changed but the actual fundamentals of calling emailing or texting the contacts introducing who you are that's that's key for a band trying to make a fan base um okay there was radio for a year you know fm radio then it's xm and now it's spotify and now it's tiktok mm -hmm. you just have to find the format and just put yourself out there and just stay on top of it yeah, I mean, Allison, kind of a similar thing. I mean, I'm assuming you have kids that are coming through your program that probably have aspirations beyond, you know, the Wonderland stage. I right? would think so, yeah. We would hope so, right? <laughs> I would hope so. Some, some of them. Yeah, I mean, are, are you guys having to provide a similar sort of mentorship to say, like, hey, look, you're, you've got talent, or maybe you want to develop it and you want to try to do that. You've done some of this stuff yeah. yourself professionally. I mean, is that a part of the curriculum there too? Yeah, so I just recently brought in via Zoom uh, a, an audition coach, Stephen West. He's okay. based out of New York City, and he specializes in college auditions because I have two rising seniors next year um, that are going to want to go to college for musical theater, which is a whole beast and a whole world all of its own. Yeah. And um, I went through that a long time ago. So I know that I'm out of touch with the current state of auditioning and there's a lot of like, there's self tapes that you sip 
submit for pre-screens. And then if you want a bunch of colleges to see you at the same time, you go to Unifieds. And yeah. then, so there's all these different options. And if you don't have the resources to fly around the country to a bunch of different schools, you really need to be savvy about it. And so I'm trying to find the right people to match my students with that um, that isn't me because yeah. I don't know everything and um, and just match them up with people that can really help them get to that next level. And I, um, what I'm proud of is that a lot of the same um, feedback that he's giving them on their mock auditions is similar to what we're teaching in class. And so that made me feel really good um, that we're giving them, we're, we're pushing them in the right direction as far as like how they're approaching their material. Is it, I would think that there's a degree to which there's sort of a push and pull here where because at one point in time, I would assume if you were trying to make it as an actor and you were growing up in Lafayette, right? Mm -hmm. Or in musical theater, let's say. It was mm -hmm. basically like, go to New York. Oh, or yeah. Like, oh, okay, so I'm yeah. so glad you're bringing this up because this is this is something that I you know, definitely want to give a different message to my students. Um, yes, absolutely. I could sing, I could dance, I could act. Everyone said, remember me when you're famous. Yeah. Um, call, me, call me from Broadway. You know, ha, ha, ha. But even though people are kind of just saying it lightly, yeah. it really, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, it really resonates. And it's like, okay, I have to figure out how to go to New York City and live there and succeed there or, or I'm gonna let everyone I know down. Yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. There are so many professional theater opportunities. There are regional theater opportunities. There's cruise ships, there's Disney. There's so many things that you can do. So I really would like for our students, their minds to be open to all the options and I, I think that I would be doing them a disservice if I um, didn't stand up for them when people say things like that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm talking to Allison Brandon of Wonderland Performing Arts and Tim Benson, a music teacher and digital marketing expert. Conversation continues after this very short break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm talking to Allison Brandon of Wonderland Performing Arts and Tim Benson of Music Academy of Acadia. Tim, I mean, I have to imagine, like, you, you are, your, your program, you guys have folks that I'm sure just taken casually, right, at the Music Academy. But, I mean, like, mm -hmm. do you, you know, when I was starting, that was a similar kind of thought process you had. Like, if you have musical talent, yeah, you could make it in Lafayette to an extent if you kind of did it one way or the other. But if you wanted to make it big, let's say you got to go somewhere else. You got to go to L.A., you got to Austin, Nashville, New York, whatever. I mean, do you finding that, you know, kids are getting discovered on TikTok now? Yes, I mean, <laughs> so absolutely. does it really matter where no, you are anymore? It really doesn't because the social media aspects of this whole industry really has transformed how to get discovered, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you certainly can go to Nashville. You can go to L.A. or New York yeah. and bump into the people that could move some things forward. But now is the time to be active online because the internet and social media really have it's been the great equalizer if you're good if you have something unique to bring to the table and you have a crowd that resonates with you you will get noticed here's the thing though you have to just stick with it long enough yeah. and that's where i think most people fall short they it could happen early on but it could happen three years in you have to give yourself that time to let things unfold you just have to stay consistent with it yeah. right yes I mean, do you look back on, you know, like you, that decision yourself? Like, I think yep. I made a decision at my point of like, you know, I'm not touring anymore. This is, 
you know, sleeping on strangers' floors is not what it's cracked up to be. Um, but right. I mean, like, you know, because you've, I mean, w was it always kind of in your DNA that you knew you wanted to have sort of this entrepreneurial leg, yes. right? Which is striking about what you're doing here to me is like, I, I've, I should say for full transparency, I've known you for years from like, you know, uh, n being aware of your academy. Being in the music industry, I, exactly, yeah. Exactly, but I didn't sure. know you kind of had this other side of your business. Yeah. Were those things that developed alongside each other yes. or was it something that came from the other? I guess I'm trying to get a sense of the sequence. No, I, I love that question. And here's the thing. Yeah. I think for most musicians and artists, we are so used to hustling. That actually is a part of business development in, internally is getting the promotion out there. Yeah. Um, so... I developed that sort of alongside my music career. I realized, hey, back in the early 2000s, we were we were printing up postcards, handing them out every show for our upcoming shows. We were doing newsletters. Yeah. Well, I'm doing the same thing now for businesses. Right. It's the same thing. The medium might be different, but the fundamentals are the same. So I feel that musicians and artists actually have an advantage in the business ownership route because they're already used to those processes. Yeah. It's not like, okay, I want to go cut hair. I'm good at cutting hair. I have, I have no idea how to tell people about what I do. Musicians, not the case. From like our early teens, we have to go and promote. And that's sort of ingrained in our DNA. Does that make sense? It, it does. I feel like I used to put it on my resume and feel pretty weird about it because I didn't have any other work experience. I mean, <laughs> Allison, I mean, talk to you know, similar kind of question to you. I mean, has that sort of like what you're doing is entrepreneurial, right? You, you've started yeah. a new company. I mean, I imagine at some point, you know, I got the sense uh, that this was something you've wanted to do for a long time. But, but, but did that come from a sense that man you know maybe the stage and lights is not exactly where i belong in this or was it uh you know a natural outgrowth of what you were already doing oh i think it was very organic um so i started teaching these little classes in new orleans um i had a foster son mm -hmm. and i really um i had done choreography for musicals for years and I just missed working with kids working with people and putting creating something uh, from scratch and so um, I reached out to the school uh, that he was going to Holy Name of Jesus and I said would you guys like a little after-school theater program um, I'd love to come in and do it maybe once a week and they said yes and it was just a really magical experience working with the kids and, and writing a little show together that they were excited about mm -hmm. ended up doing it at another school in New Orleans and then um, found out I was gonna have my daughter Adelaide who's nine now and so that brought me back to Lafayette and um, I started you know just teaching ballet again doing more theater classes um, I worked for LPSS for a couple of years and it just didn't feel like I could do what I really wanted to do mm -hmm. and so I branched out on my own and um, it just started growing organically and uh, it felt right mm -hmm. you know when things just feel right and it felt right until 2020 and then it got really hard <laughs> but um but yeah I would think like one thing led to another for me and uh, I don't have a business background so that's you know my my main challenge is just learning how to run a business while running a business um but I think if you surround yourself with the right people and you're willing to always be learning mm -hmm. um you can do anything yeah that's yeah I look I can sympathize with that I don't know that I'd still know how to run a business but um <laughs> tim i mean so i've kind of tracked you know the the you, so you got the studio you got the academy we talked about phone score but there's another component here right net score yes where did that fall in you know in, just in terms of the, the calendar of events here was yeah. net score did it come fourth did it come third when, when did you create that it's a great question so phone score we were working with a bunch of uh, clients all over the united states and then we started here a recurring theme of you know, we're having problems with our website. We're having problems with our Google. Do you know anybody that can help? 
And I said, well, I have some experience in that. Let me go ahead and assist. So we, I just started taking on some of those clients, helping them out. Yeah. And then it just got very busy. And I said, well, let's go ahead and hire some more people. And um, that just kept happening, you know? Yep. So it was, that was 2018. And now we've got a staff of about 35 people wow. that work with different aspects of what, you know, what a client needs. So we've grown pretty fast and we're happy to be where we are. So I mean, it's, it's a digital marketing agency. Yes. So you kind of accidentally got into digital accidentally, marketing? Accidentally, yes. <laughs> well, and like, similar to her yeah. story too, um, people kind of needed it and there was an opportunity and yeah. I helped people. And yeah. so I said, well, wait a minute, maybe there's more opportunity there. And so you kind of just lean into mm -hmm. it a little bit, right? W was that mostly for a local clientele? I mean, Some just local, some out of state. Yeah. yeah. Just from the contacts I've made all over uh, yeah. you know, the United States. Yeah. yeah. So how does, just talk to us a little bit about how it works. I mean, it's yeah. you know, besides like the, the kind of the more straightforward bits of this, mm -hmm. right? You guys do digital marketing kind of services, branding, SEO, search Correct. engine optimization for yep. folks who don't know what Google is. But um, <laughs> beyond that, like, is there sort of a special sauce involved in the company? I mean, what does it do? Well, we really try to get to know each and every client as far as what they've tried in the past and what are their goals? Mm -hmm. Are they, are they, of course, everybody wants more business, but let's define that. What does that look like in the next two months, six months? Let's set, let's set at least some milestones here and let's see where we can start plugging in gaps fast. Yep. The other component is we have a software that we've been um, white labeling with a few other developers that actually helps with lead management. So when people are calling and uh, our people are emailing, we can actually place them in like this pipeline of where are they interested? Are they not interested? And so that's another service that we now offer for businesses too. It's a, it's a cloud-based software that can help their lead tracking. What is white labeling? Yeah, basically, so there's software out there already and we go ahead and we brand it and we tailor it to our specific industry. So we were able to do that with, uh, with these developers. You know, if you're familiar with like HubSpot, um, Active campaign, those oh, type yeah, of sure, platforms. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of com it combines all of that. Zapier, yeah. things that do automated responses on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff, and texting as well. Interesting. So, yeah. So yeah. we've gotten involved with that over the last year and a half, and that's been really a good value uh, for our, our clients. Yeah. So yeah. Allison, I mean, I'm always fascinated by the production side of production, and what I mean by that is like what it takes to put on a production besides sort of like the actors. And so, so when you have, you know, the facility that you've created, and the you know, I mentioned earlier the electricians and all that. I mean, you're you're developing kind of an. <laughs> I don't have like a team of electricians. I don't know. I don't mean to imply that you do, but I just I'm always that would be cool. Though. Like I've yeah, had a on, lot of I've had a lot of experiences <laughs> with like techs, you know, in, in other worlds. And like, where did you learn this? Like, uh -huh. there's a guy that worked on electricity in my house and he's, he's a certified electrician to be clear I'm like, where'd you learn this and he's like oh i was a stage electrician for years uh -huh. right and i was like uh -huh. that's wild right uh -huh. like, it's a great way to learn mm -hmm. but 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 I, I guess my question though is you know you're developing a kind of expertise and sort of managing those kind of back of house right. operations i mean have you looked at you know kind of taking that service outside of your own uh facility i mean being able to say like hey i could help you know, other productions in the area do the hard part of the job. Oh, frankly. goodness. Um, no, I have not thought about that. Um, I, that means you give me 10% of the commission when you go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, who, I, I guess, I mean, you, you got to find a good director for the show, yeah. right? And you got to have somebody that um, knows what they're doing and um, where they 
lack expertise, they're going to fill in those gaps. So like, for instance, I'm a director choreographer. I'm right. not a musical director, so I'm not going to be teaching the music and the harmonies. Yep. And um, I'm not a tech person. Okay. I you surround myself. I am not an electrician. You're not one of your 15 electricians. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, so I just ask for help in those areas. Yeah. But like, I can, I can manage the actors. I can, I can steer them where I need them to go. I can see all the blocking and all the choreography in my head. Whereas another director might be a director, musical director, but they're not a choreographer. You right. know. So we all bring kind of something unique to the table. Um, and so d depending on what show you're producing, you find the right fit mm -hmm. for your team. You put, assemble your team. And then from there, you know, you got to think about uh, one of the hardest parts of directing a show, I would say, is um, the mic plot. So we wear yeah. mics on our bodies yeah. and people enter and exit the stage. And it gets really, really tricky because sometimes you don't even have enough mics for the amount of people that are in your show. Mm -hmm. So you've got to either Swap. sacrifice yeah. a mic and say, all right, for this line, you got to talk real loud mm -hmm. or <laughs> you switch it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so you, it's a science. You yeah. really. And then and then you have to have an audio engineer that can balance all that sound with either the live musicians or their tracks. So I think that that is a very complex part of live musical theater that people or just just straight play musical uh, not musical theater um, that people you know don't really think about um, and of course lighting yes it can be tricky unless you have Drew Hoff power and you just say I want blue here and they're gonna be downstage left please and thank you <laughs> and, it happens. and then Drew makes it happen yeah. so. Tim are you guys I know you have the studio there I mean I'm feel like this is an obvious question. Are you guys teaching audio engineering? Yeah. I mean, it seemed like you could help Allison out. Yeah, absolutely. I, think, I think we need to go to our own lunch, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we do. Uh, Austin Dore. I think you know him. Yeah, I well. think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's and is doing the training I, I'm supposing yeah. in the studio itself. Yeah. So, so kids get to like get to yeah. operate in a real, real yeah. studio. Yeah. Yeah, they can bring their laptops. Um, open up their recording software and we'll go over some uh, some of the fundamentals there. So you don't train them how to work with like a two inch tape machine or anything like that <laughs> those are like hard to find yeah, now yeah they are right yeah. <laughs> but that would be awesome yeah i mean and they're expensive too <laughs> well i guess what it comes down to is it doesn't matter if you're recording it to tape or digital right. it's about the performance right which you said i mean some of the fundamentals yeah. i think in both of your industries right yep. is like at some level you either have the talent or you don't but you got to work on it and you know we're all kind of figuring out once we have it once we've developed it what do we do with it, whether we apply it to business or to theater? And Tim and Allison, I really appreciate you spending 25 minutes with me here. Oh, on my Out gosh. Thank Absolutely. you. And I'll just this never awesome. get the image of out of my head of me going like, all right, guys, come on in. And just a team of electricians <laughs> running toward my building. I love it. I love, <laughs> it. love it. Love it. Love it. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Tim Benson of the Music Academy of Acadiana and Allison Brandon of Wonderland Center for Performing Arts. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Tim and Allison by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Chad Terrio. Researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Domino, and I'm Christian Mader, editor of the Current Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. And if you want to get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletters. We'll see you here next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you later. 
Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.